Come on. Here we go. I've been doing this for, it looks like, at least 10 years. Of the 15, every summer, I go within God we trust. By the way, that's our national motto. We're not a Christian nation. Well, then we're lunatics or something. Why would your national motto be in God we trust? Well, you know, we don't believe in God in this. Can you talk about God? I don't get it. Do you? I'm going to stay with it the way it is, if that's okay. Like our history and the stuff chiseled on the buildings and our national motto. I think I'll do that and, and let these other freaky people do their thing. But I'm going to stay right here if you don't mind. Amen. Here we go. In God we trust. All righty. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, man, it's funny. Here we go. In God we trust. Let's go with it. The Bill of Rights, freedom of or freedom from religion. What did the founders mean? Freedom of or freedom from. Can't have religion. Can't have religion. We're going to make that number one out of the gate. Can't have religion. Even though we are religious people, we believe in Jesus and we know the Scriptures and everything. And, but can't do that. What? Makes no sense called rewriting history okay come on let's talk about it today see what we can find now except the lord build the house these are the kind of scriptures you'll find in our founders writings except the lord build a house or build a country they labor in vain to build it except the lord keep the city the watchman wakes in vain these are the kind of scriptures our country was built on. And you can read in the Founders' documents these scriptures that they quote. Keep looking. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bears rule, the people mourn. That's what the Bible teaches. This is what they used as their guide. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. That's our Founders. It's what they believe, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The wicked shall be turned into hell. Say that last part with me. And all the nations that forget God. So here we are. We've got founders that believe they are Christians. They put their life on the line. Them and their ancestors fled Tyranny and oppression, religious oppression, where everybody had to be an Anglican, okay, to come to this country. And yet, when they started our country, freedom, you can't have religion. It's the dumbest thing on the planet. It's the biggest lie that's probably ever been told about our country, okay? And so we're going to talk about it. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then while I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Who believed that? The founders. Okay? This is who we are as a country. Y'all hear me, yes or no? Hey, don't apologize for being a Christian nation and be... If you didn't know you were one, now you do, okay? All right? That's who we are. That's who we are, guys. Our founders believed in Jesus Christ. They were not ashamed of it. Proverbs eighteen seventeen says, He who states, and listen to this verse, 
He who states his case first seems right. Until another one comes along to challenge him. Separation, in church of, separation of church and state. So many believe that that is right. So many people believe that that is right. And I'm here today to come along and challenge it. You hear me say? A lot of people are dumbed down. Separation of church and state. Like, can we do something? And I know it's probably going to make you feel bad, but you'll be okay. Be honest. How many... How many you believe that separation of church and state, or you did believe separation of church and state, is either in the Constitution or it's in one of our founding documents that helped rule this country? Can I see some hands? Just being honest, you think it's there. Well, you must have been listening to me for a while or something or somebody. Amen. Most people do. Most people believe the phrase separation of church and state is in the Constitution. It's not in the Constitution. Our founders would have never said something like that to what it means today. It's nowhere referenced in the U.S. Constitution or, or quite frankly, any binding law of our founding uh, country, of founding of our country. It's not there, okay? It's not there. Can you say it's not there? Not there, okay? Keep looking. Just, for, uh, just as Oliver Wendell Holmes once said, it's one of the misfortunes of the law that ideas become insisted in phrases, almost like a tumor or a cancer, and thereafter for a long time seek to provoke further analysis. And that's what's happened with this church and state thing. Separation of church and state. It's like grown in there like a tumor or a cancer on our country. And, and we don't even question anymore. Because, see, it's there, and that's the way it is, and that's the way it was, and that's the way it's always been, and we don't even question it anymore. It's not right. The phrase separation and of church and state has become one of the misfortunes of law. Is it part of the law now? Oh, yeah, it is. It is. It was not part of our founding fathers' laws and helping start this great country. It has become one of the main reasons for the slide of our country off a cliff. Okay? You want to give credit, give credit where it's due. Yeah, that's the credit right there. Made a mess of this thing. Thomas Jefferson himself wrote, On every question of construction, we must carry ourselves back to the time when the Constitution was adopted. Recollect the spirit manifested in the debates. Now, guys, regardless of your political persuasion, you know I'm conservative as the day is long. But that's why when we put somebody on Supreme Court, we want somebody who's not going to go there and rewrite laws. We want people who's going to go back there, like Thomas Jefferson said, and instead of trying to squeeze out uh, what meaning may be squeezed out of the text or invented against it, conform to the probable one in which it was a part. Want people to go there who is studied, who knows what they're talking about, who goes back to our founding documents, who interpret the law based on what it was and not try to make it something else. Did I lose you on that topic right there? Okay, not that hard to figure this out, okay? And that's not Gary talking, that's Thomas Jefferson, by the way, whose words were all twisted to get us where we are today. So where did the separation of church and state come from? 
Where did it come from? And instead of that, if you know the answer, that's great. But if you don't know the answer, why not let's go ahead and say, Lord, help me here. Help me here to understand. Open up my mind and help me never forget what I'm about to hear today. You'll be a better American if you listen today. You're hearing me. Here we go. Newly elected President Thomas Jefferson, say these next words, was what? Have you seen President Trump been taking some heat lately? Guess what? Guess what? He the first one to take some heat. Thomas Jefferson was taking heat for failing to call the nation to prayer and fasting as previous presidents had done. Now, I'm going to just say something to you. I know how most of us are. When we're leaders... And we get criticized, or somebody don't like the way we're doing it. Our natural thing is to get our back up. Is that true or false? We're not like, oh, okay, I hear you. I'll do it your way. That is not normal. That is not normal in leadership. I'm not saying you're not wrong and you need to change. I'm just telling you, anybody can criticize until you're in the seat. And having to make the decisions. And so that's Thomas Jefferson's. Here he is. He's the President of the United States. And he's got some people bellyaching because he ain't called for a national day of prayer and fasting like somebody else did. And he gets his back up. It's okay to get your back up. You're the President. And that's what happened here. He got called out on him not doing this. He got called out on not calling for a national day of prayer and fasting. And instead of saying, you're right, I should have done that, he responded with a letter. He responded with a letter. Not a founding document of our country's history, not a law. He wrote a letter. How many ever wrote letters before? You ever wrote a letter? How many ever wrote a letter that you're glad that that letter is not available for everybody to see? Can I see some? How about a text? Did you ever send one of them? Well, he wrote a letter that he, so he responded with a letter that he received from who? He received criticism from the Danbury Baptist Association in Connecticut. He received a letter from them criticizing him for not having a day of prayer and fasting. So on October 7, 1801, this letter from Danbury Baptist Association Committee was written to Thomas Jefferson. There's the letter right there. We can't read the whole letter, but here it is. Religion is at all times and places a matter between God and individuals, that no man ought to suffer in name, person, or or effects on account of his religious opinions. And they were just saying, it's always been done in this country. You need to continue this practice. That's what we should do. And they're just giving their, they're just, they're jumping on him a little bit, okay? So he jumps back. And this is his letter. Look at it. There's his letter, okay? The draft of his letter. Believing with you. Now listen, Thomas Jefferson, so-called don't believe in religion in in the country. That parades the church and state. Believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and God. Believing with you that, he's saying that, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship. That legitimate powers of government reach actions only and not opinions. And remember now, he's sort of fighting back. I contemplate with sovereign reverence. That word sovereign means, you know, God fearing reverence, that act of the whole American people, 
which declared that their legislature should make no law respecting the establishment of religion. That's true. Or prohibiting the free exercise. That's true right there. This is the part that's not in the Constitution. And he's just throwing it out there, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. So where did that phrase appear? Did it appear in the Constitution? No. Did it appear in any legally binding documents on this country? Absolutely not. It appeared in a letter because somebody called him out on it. He gets his back up and he writes a letter and that's what happened. You ever wrote a letter, maybe a phrase in it, you wished wasn't there? Trust me. Thomas Jefferson wishes that little phrase would have never made it in that letter of his. Adhering to this expression of the supreme will of the nation in behalf of the rights of conscience, I shall seek with sincere satisfaction the progress of those sentiments which tend to restore man to his natural rights, convinced he has no natural right in opposition to his social duties. I reciprocate. Now look how he's writing the letter. I reciprocate your kind prayers for the protection and blessing of the common what? That's God. And who? You don't believe in creation. You're an idiot if you believe in creation. That's what they tell you today. If you don't believe in evolution, you're an idiot. Did you know that, yes or no? I sure am glad our founders were idiots. Look right there. Creator. Guys. We've, we've, we've jumped off, we've jumped ship somewhere along the way. It's a mess. If you don't like me, it's going to get worse. Stay in here. And tender yourselves, and tender you for yourselves in your religion association, assurance of my highest what? And what? Esteem. So, I mean, he makes his case. Nobody was a better writer probably than Jefferson. Nobody was a better arguer than Jefferson. Nobody had a better way of being nice to you and then hitting you in the head than coming out nice again. And that's what he did. It was a letter. It was a letter. Was President Thomas Jefferson saying that the government should have nothing to do with the church and church have nothing to do with government? That's what's being said today. That's why I point out the fact that I'm able to go to the football field in this town. A lot of towns in this country would not happen. Did you know that, yes or no? And we're just hopeful we'll just keep be able to do that, right, Coach? It is our right to do that. But there have been other laws written that have muddied that situation and that water really badly. And it all goes back to this letter. Have I lost you this morning? Is that pretty simple so far? Good. I need stuff simple for Gary. There is no doubt, there is no doubt that the general consensus of the framers of the Constitution was that government should encourage religion, especially Christianity. Nowadays, it's this, 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 and they all put them on the same level. They weren't on the same level, and they still aren't. Here's the level. Christianity is right. All the others are wrong. Sounds arrogant. Well, I'm standing with Jesus. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's not being me, me being arrogant. It's me being true to his word. 
And why, not, why wouldn't I tell you the truth instead of just trying to make you feel good? When we say we're non-denominational fellowship, doesn't mean that we don't believe in Jesus. No, we put that right up top. We love Jesus. We love people. Non-denomination means that we're not a particular denomination. We follow Jesus Christ. We believe his word. You understand? So that means you might be from this denomination, that denomination, this denomination. It sounds sort of like America, doesn't it? Say, hey, well, isn't that funny? It sounds sort of like America did in the beginning. You hear me, yes or no? And we come along, but we did it this way, but we did it this way. Yeah, but we go, well, what's the Bible say, though? That's the banner here. We love Jesus. We love people. And what's his word say? Not what does Clark say. What does his word say? Because sometimes I get it wrong. He always gets it right. Amen. Say. Jefferson got it wrong. Okay. Let's keep looking. They understood that this could best be accomplished. Listen to this. They, our founders and our framers understood this could best be accomplished. Say it with me. By doing what? Getting government out of the... Amen. So we don't have to make that case, do we? Freedom of or freedom from religion is the thought this morning. Instead of looking at a single letter, let's look at Jefferson's writings. You know, it really bothers me when they take a statement that I say or somebody else might say or that you've said. They don't look at the whole character of who you are and the whole body of what you've written or what you've said or what you've done. So he wrote this one letter. It turned the Constitution on its head in 1947. So let's go back and see what Jefferson's real legal opinions were that were actual law. Can we see those? We saw some prior to that letter ever being written. So let's look at it. Here we go. Before he became president, he was high up in the government, that's for sure. May 24th, that's my birthday. Thomas Jefferson participated in drafting and enacting a resolution. Guess what? Designating a what? Day of what? Humiliation. So even the Danbury Baptists, they were sort of put off a little bit because you did it before. Why aren't you doing it now? I can see them writing that letter with good intent. Keep looking. This resolution occurred only a few days before he wrote a bill for establishing religious what? Now, these are historical documents you can go and find. In 1779, while he was governor of Virginia, he issued a proclamation decreeing a day of public and solemn thanksgiving and prayer to Almighty God. So you're the governor, and you're making days of prayer and fasting, but you believe in separation of church and state. No, he don't. He just wrote it in a letter. Got it? Yes or no? Keep looking. And I could care less what he believes. It's not part of our Constitution, our founding. But I don't believe he believed that. In the late 1770s, as chair of the Virginia Committee on, of Revisers, Jefferson was the chief architect of a measure entitled, look at this one, a bill for appointing days of public fasting and thanksgiving. Actual bill, how you do it, how you go about it, and this is how we're going to go. Interestingly, this bill authorized the governor or chief magistrate, watch this, with the advice of his counselors, lawyers, to designate days of thanksgiving and fasting and required that the public be notified by proclamation. Day of prayer and fasting. Hear ye, hear ye. So not trying to keep it silent, hiding under a, a bucket or something, right? Public. 
Here it is. Every minister of the gospel shall be shall on each day so be appointed, attend and perform divine service and preach sermon or discourse suited to the occasion in his church on pain of forfeiting 50 pounds. That's not weight. I'd sign up for that. That's money, okay? For every failure, not having a reasonable excuse. What does that mean? That means they believe so much in it that if they didn't do it, it's going to cost them. That's crazy. How, what he really believed, and yet he's been taken to believe this other thing. Freedom of or freedom from religion. How are we doing on time? We're making it. Y'all going to sleep or not? Good, you're awake. What did President Thomas Jefferson mean by the words of separation, church, and state? Let's look at it. What did he mean by those words? Jefferson undoubtedly meant, watch it, listen, that the First Amendment, by the way, first things first, the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, freedom of religion, speech, press, protest. And the first thing that is first is freedom of what? Religion. He undoubtedly meant that the First Amendment prohibited the federal Congress from enacting any law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, just like the Constitution says. Guys, one of the worst things that could happen in this country is to put Congress in charge of religion. Do we agree with that? Well, that's where England came from, the Church of England and the King of England said, you all must be Anglican. And they brought that right into this country as we were a part of England. And they tried to escape that kind of mess. And so, and, and quite frankly, freedom of religion is, is freedom of Christianity. That's my firm belief. That there's different denominations for Anglican, Puritan, of course, the Baptist. There's different denominations. And that Congress, federal government, federal Congress cannot enact a law saying you're all Baptists. You're all Assembly of God. You're all, get it? Yes or no? Lord knows we don't need them doing that. But that does not mean get God out of government. Doesn't mean that at all. As a chief executive of the federal government, the president's duty was to carry out the directives of Congress. If Congress had no authority in matters of religion, then neither did the president. That's how he felt. But don't let that don't let you, don't ever think that the president can can't have something to do with religion. That's bull. Or to talk about God and government and praying and all this stuff. Absolutely he can. And so can you should be able to accept their laws down the books. The president's one of the ones that can get away with it because he can't be prosecuted for it. You know what I'm saying? Religion was clearly within the jurisdiction of the church and individual states. Now look at this, individual states. Did you know there's a difference between the Congress of the United States and individual state government? There's two different governments going on here okay, inside the United States. But this was about the federal government, the Constitution. As a legislator, Jefferson saw no problem with proclaiming days of thanksgiving and prayer and even on one occasion prescribed penalties to the clergy. When he was a state legislature and state governor, he had no problem doing days of fasting and prayer. You understand that, yes or no? In the state of Florida, there should be absolutely no problem whatsoever with kids praying in school, reading their Bibles whatsoever, because we have states' rights that can do that. Okay? 
except they were stripped through other case law that came on down the line by misinterpreting this letter that I put on the screen. Did I lose you already? Matt Staver, I put him up. He is a solid Christian. His mama lives down here in Punta Gorda, if she's still living. Liberty Council, on the radio all the time, television. Matt Staver, here's what he says. He's argued many times for the Supreme Court. The First Amendment says more about federalism than it does about religious freedom. It's really talking about the federal government and some of the things it, it limits it to and allows you and me to have rights. In other words, the purpose of the First Amendment was to declare that the federal government had absolutely no jurisdiction in matters of religion. But now they're all in religion. Federal government's all in religion. Saying you can't, 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 can't. No, 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 no. They had no jurisdiction whatsoever in it. Keep looking. It neither could establish a religion or prohibit the what? Seems like we forgot that part. How about that? The First Amendment clearly erected a barrier between the federal government and religion on a what kind of level? On a state level. Keep looking. If a state chose, listen to what Staver says after studying the law. If a state chose to have no religion or to have an established religion of a certain denomination for the whole state, the federal government had no jurisdiction one way or the other. Constitution was not, a constitution gave them no right, even if, like the state of South Carolina, wanted to all be Baptists. If that state made that decision, you'd have to argue something other than the Constitution because it ain't there to overturn that. You understand? And what you'd have to use is freedom of speech, freedom of press, and freedom of protest to get that thing to change. Well, that's what our country was all about. Amen? Not limiting our freedom of religion to accomplish your goal. That's what's happening. Our freedom of religion is being limited to accomplish certain goals of liberalism and to push agendas. If you want to push an agenda, do it by speech, do it by press, do it by protest. But you don't have to take religion away from us. Got it? Yes or no? Remember that. This is what Thomas Jefferson meant by the wall of separation, Staver speaking. In context, the word state really referred to the what? That's exactly what it means in the Constitution. It means it's a federal government document. It's to the federal government. It's all about federal government. States have rights to do whatever. Okay? First Amendment, except, you know, you can't do certain things because of inalienable rights. We understand that. The First Amendment did not apply to individual states. It was only applicable as a restraint against the who? Plain English, we don't want Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and all them in charge of the church. I think we'd get 100% amen on that one. Amen say. Amen. Or any of them up there. That's what that meant, guys. They've got plenty to do, and they can do some awesome jobs up there, and they can get a lot accomplished. But please, stay out of that. Where did separation church and state run off the rails? We're going to finish with this. I've got to go. If you want to hear more detail, and I'm going to actually get into this joker, this guy I'm about to talk about right now. I, I dedicate a lot of time in the next message on him, and, and trust me, he deserves being punched in the face. So here we go. I'm sorry. I'm being ugly. I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. In 1947, the Supreme Court applied the First Amendment to the states, turning the First Amendments on its head and completely inverting the meaning of the First Amendment. 
particularly freedom of religion. It's from the case Everson versus Board of Education. By the way, you can find this in Wikipedia. You don't need to take my word for it. And not some Christian bias slanted. I put the Constitution up today. I put Jefferson's words up today. <sighs> but, yeah, you're just biased. That's the way they get us to shut up. It's just the, just the truth. Here's Wikipedia. Everson versus Board of Education was a landmark decision. Say landmark. Of the United States Supreme Court, which applied the establishment call, clause in the country's Bill of Rights, that First Amendment, to state law. Now watch this. Prior to this decision, the First Amendment words, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or impose limits only on the federal government. Up until 47, the Constitution was doing what the Constitution is supposed to do. It kept the federal government at church. But in 1947, now the same thing that was written according to their interpretation is going to be imposed upon the state. Every state in the United States. Keep looking. Where am I at? They'll back it up. Brother, you hurt me. Oh, I'm lost now. Go back to page one, brother, if you don't mind. There it is. It's, it's very important that I do this. This was the first Supreme Court case incorporating the Establishment Clause on the First Amendment as binding upon the states through the due process of the 14th Amendment. The decision in Everson marked a turning point in the interpretation and application of, of this establishment law in the modern era. This case was brought by New Jersey. Can you say New Jersey? taxpayer against a tax-funded school district, now listen, that provided reimbursement to parents of both public and private schools taking public transportation to school. Now let's just, you, I'm good with that, Roger. I ain't got all day on that, but it's there. Okay, thank you, buddy. Here's what that case was. Here you got little Johnny and Susie and Bobby and Billy, and they live in different little houses on the street in Jersey. And the school bus stops by and picks up Billy, and then down to Bobby, and then Sally, and then Jamie. And they're all on the bus, happy, riding to school. Some of the kids get off of the public school. Little Jamie, they drop her off at the Catholic school. Well, God help us, right? Say God help us that the, bu the bus is being used to take the little kid to the school that, they, that their parents are paying for them to go to and they want them to go to. They're tax-paying people. You hear me, yes or no? And somebody got it in their craw. This isn't right. Separation church and state's not right. And guess what? They took it to the Jersey court. And you know what the Jersey Supreme Court said? I can't say what they probably say because they talk meaner than I do in Jersey. They said... We'll do what we want to do. We can take all of them to the schools they want to go to, and that's fine, because that's who we are. So Jersey stood up for the Constitution. It went to the Supreme Court. That's problems. And without getting into a lot of history, Roosevelt was president for quite a long time. You remember him? Long time. He had put nine justices, I believe, on the Supreme Court. 
And the ideology of many of those were not the ideology that our founders had. Not all of them, but some. And there was a five to four. Can you say five to four? One more time. One more time. Five to four decision that this was unconstitutional, what the Jersey schools were doing. Obviously, four of them believed it was not unconstitutional whatsoever. But because you got, boy, is the Supreme Court ever important in this country, yes or no? I tell you what, it is really important. One vote changed our country forever. Can you say one vote? It's the law of the land. It's one vote that's wrong. What the Supreme Court's 5-4 decision said has gone on to mean. Here's what it means now. Here's what their vote means. Here's what their decision means. No Bibles in school. No prayers in school. No prayers at graduation. If you're a valedictorian and you've worked your tail off your whole life and you get up and want to say, give God the credit and the praise in your speech, there's a good chance you won't even receive your award. Pathetic. You hear me, yes or no? And we're celebrating America today. I know you came here thinking, well, Clark's just crazy today. I'm crazy about what's right. Keep that at your churches, they said. Out of anything that has to do with federal or what kind of government? Oh, look at that. The Constitution never said that you couldn't do that federally. It just says you can't establish religion. Never put those rights on the state, even that one. But it's going on to really be oppressive. So what they're saying, Supreme Court, God, get out of our government. President Thomas Jefferson never meant that. He never meant that. Y'all hear me or not? And now they've gone on to paint, they've, they've gone on to just portray Thomas Jefferson burning in hell as an atheist now. He was not an atheist. We've got a whole message on Jefferson. Get it sometime. Not an atheist at all. He was a believer in, in God Almighty. He might not believe just like you believe, but he was not an atheist or, or a deist. I don't believe that at all. Separation of church and state is one phrase and one what? That's it. It's not in the Constitution at all. The wall of separation church between church and state phrase, as understood by Jefferson, was never meant to exclude people of faith from influencing and shaping your government. There's people that would say today, oh, Clark's going to get in trouble. You're going to lose your tax-exempt status if you stand up for your, what's right. That's sad, isn't it? Yes or no? Is that sad? You don't hear me endorsing candidates and mess like that. I never do that, but I have every right to do it, according to the Constitution. I don't do it because I think most of them got problems. You know what I mean? Sure as I come out for this one, uh-oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, have, I believe in conservative principles and doing the right thing. Conservative, conservative. That's who I am. Amen? Jefferson would be shocked to learn that his letter has been used as a weapon against religion today. It is a weapon. Freedom of religion has become freedom what? from religion. That's what it's become. If there's ever been a time in our nation's history that we need God, it is right. It is now, guys. It is now. And it's funny. It's sad. I'm wearing a shirt today that the blood drive folk gave me. And it's 9-11. You give blood and they'll give you this shirt. And it says, never forget. It's amazing when something like this happens in our country. How all that uh, 
1947 stuff and 1962 laws about taking prayer out of school. It seems like that goes out of the window for a weekend or two, doesn't it? And everybody's on their knees asking God for help. We're a little bit schizophrenic when it comes to religion. I think going back to the Constitution and believing where our founders believed is the way we ought to believe. Amen? And that's certainly how I believe, and I think that's right. Let's give God the credit. Come on. Praise the Lord. Come on. Boom. Well, there you go. Fourth of July weekend, and you certainly had a Fourth of July weekend message. Amen? Come on. Let's get up on our feet. Don't forget this part. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, oh, stay seated. Sit down. I'm sorry. You're going to love me for this. Oh, by the way, is separation of church and state in our U.S. Constitution? Yes or no? Can we say it again? One more time. Oh, by the way, do you know what Constitution does have the phrase separation of church and state? Oh, there's one that has it. The Soviet Union. You know you're going to really hate me for this statement, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I'm an American and I'm free. You know who's been colluding with the Russians? The Supreme Court. You hear me? Yes or no? The Soviet Union has it. Somebody in 1947, I believe, was colluding and changed their constitution. They tried to make it like this one. That sounds like collusion to me. Keep looking. 1936 USSR Constitution, Article 124, in order to ensure the to citizens' freedom of conscience, the church in the USSR is separated from the state and the school from the church. How'd that work for them? Keep looking. 1977 USSR Constitution, Article 52. In the USSR, the church is separated from the state and the, and the school from the what? Not in this country. Never was like that. The idea of separation of church and state does come from the Constitution, just not ours. Amen? We had to put that in. Now let's thank the Lord. Now that's what we're talking about. Come on. We had to hit with a poop. Anyway, come on. Let's get on up and our